Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Kaz, I appreciate you uh, doing the show this week. The The audience wanted more bearded white guys. And I mean, you're white. You have a tremendous beard. So thanks for stepping up, buddy. Hey, man, those are two uh, demos I can definitely hit. But I, I obviously ignored my contract demands for being here tonight. I Why why, where's, why don't we have more women on the show? Like, don't they draw? I mean, where's Kate? Where's Where's Kate? Uh, I mean, that's that's a JJ issue again. I don't know why people keep coming to me with these JJ issues. Kate, I don't know. I don't know. Kate does like two shows already. She, they don't draw. That's the thing, Cass. They don't actually draw. That's a that's a myth that is perpetuated by others, but they don't actually draw. Nah, the numbers don't lie or whatever, right? Exactly. Exactly. You get it, Cass. You're a smart man. You're a smart man. Good talk, Cass. Very good talk. I was supposed to do. I forgot. I told you I forgot. Um, so, good talk, Cass. <laughs> and I said, I told you. This was for pals and O'Neill. Such a feud from the jaws of victory with the point guard and the chubby cheese. Distraction. Hey, podcast. We will build. Wins and losses don't mean shit. So, what's Joseph Grinch as a do his bit? That went about as well as you could expect. (laughs) You know what I mean? You had it. You were right there. You had it until I didn't have it. Yeah. Yeah. You just you you just missed the punchline on that one, Gas. I should have wrote it down. You probably should have should have pulled a rock and wrote it on my hand. So when I go out there to cut the promo, I could be like, just look down at my arm or whatever. Well, that actually would have been a better bit. You should that should have been the whole opening segment. You just reading the script. Yeah, like, oh. yeah, yeah. I see why I haven't been brought back since July. Now I fucking uh, right Fair. out the gate, right out the gate, man. Uh, that song was nice though. <laughs> Got to it's dance like to Kylo, it. Kylo Boss doing the song. The man right there. 
Oh man, cast the technician, already. not a promo guy. Guys, welcome everyone to the distraction. It is uh, not our usual time slot. We we got bumped by Sean and Denise. Thanks for the lead in, guys. We appreciate that. Um, I'm here. Joseph's here. Joseph, how are you? Um, how am I? How am I? Uh, I'm okay. I'm tired. I don't really know what we're talking about today. Um. I'm concerned about our, our increasingly dwindling cold opens. Um, it's all going somewhere. It's just we got to. I mean, don't spoil it though, brother. You know, yeah. um, I'm concerned about my friend Cass, who seems somewhat unaware. Seems somewhat unaware of what he, where he is and what he's doing, but that's you know that's fine. Uh, but other than now, I'm great. <laughs> Cassidy Look, Haynes from, from Body Slam is here. very on brand. It's very on brand to me to not know what I'm doing. So. We're going to do that on air. Uh, <laughs> Cass, how are you? I'm good, man. How have you been? I'm well. I'm well. Guys. Yeah, man. It's uh, been a long time, guys. I missed you. I mean, it's not like we don't talk like, every know. single day. I know. Cass has become a big star in his absence, to be fair. True. That's the other thing. Yeah. He's, he's, his rate has gone up. His rate has gone up tremendously yeah. since, so. It was all part of the negotiations, the contract. <laughs> it took us a long time. It took us a long time to work out a deal. But we're good. <sighs> so, man, you guys, you guys have been enjoying me getting the, my chest beat up. Have you been enjoying my. That's series? been something, man. I when you said, listen, it's one thing to do that, but to have JD Drake being one of the guys doing it—that's different level. That's craziness. I don't know. Uh, I got. <laughs> I got to tell you something. You're you're gonna re- if you like that one, you're really going to enjoy the one with, with AJ Gray because he literally turned me into King Hippo. Uh, from Mike Tyson's oh, punch out, I flew back like ten feet and slid across the floor. I believe horrible. it. Actually. Yeah, I believe that. <laughs> guys, yeah. get your. I... Oh, go ahead, guys. No, I was just saying it was, I, we did Effie right before that one. I did Colby Carrito before. I, it was like the fourth in a row too, man. So I was already just beat up and bloodied. But yeah, he was. <laughs> he enjoyed every bit of it. We he had a good time with it. I think you'll enjoy it too. Guys, get your super chats in. Uh, all the super chat money is going uh, to charity today. We will we'll be do- donating that. JJ says, hello to my favorite big stars. Hope you're well. Hope the storm is not too much. I think it's calmed down, fortunately. Uh, welcome, breaking scoopster, Cass Sands. Oh, Cass Sands of time was a good show. <laughs> Punctuation, JJ. What are we doing here? Love the wrestling. Showhead logic. Much love. I don't know how much uh, uh, we'll be talking about that stuff, but distraction cold opens. You get what you get, I suppose. I suppose. I suppose. Frank says, once again, the Fed counter programs the competition as they did last Friday. They will get fucked. I'm with the distraction. They aggressively countered. Yeah. Uh, countered our but, program, but we cowered though. They we didn't we didn't do the TK. Like I had see if we're being honest, I did the TK before he did, right? Because I did the tweet where I was like in response. Um, I can confirm we did not we did not end up doing what TK did though we just cowered to like two we hours should've. later. Yeah, yeah, we seems should've. bad, but you know, would've made would have made for much better content. Yeah, but it would. But here we are. Yes, Cass, did you watch the Crown Jewel? Dude, there were camels. Yeah. All right, there were camels. Yeah. That seems to be everyone's big takeaway. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I- all right, that's Crown Crown Jewel review, everybody. Thanks for, <laughs> yeah, for being here. For that, yeah. Uh, Ryan Sullivan says, Cast the man of a thousand chops. Let's talk about Tony Khan and Eric Bischoff. You love Tony Khan, right, Cass? You guys are best buddies. I think he loves me. <laughs> I think is what it is. No, I, yeah, I uh, 
haven't seen him since Chicago, but I guess I'll see him at uh, full gear probably. Not, really? not as part of the scrum. <laughs> <laughs> you don't sound like bitter or agitated about that. Nah, man, eventually I'm going to get ungrounded, but it's all right. I'll, I'll be there. I got Rampage. I'll be there for Rampage. I got media for Rampage, so I'll be there for that. And That's then good. I got a ticket. I already got a ticket for full gear anyway. So we're good. We're all supposed to meet. We're supposed to move to work. full gear. Yeah, but that was when it was in full gear. And then they moved it was in St. Louis. Yeah. Third one. I know. Joseph was supposed to be there. It was going to be a great time. And, you know. I've never been. I've never been to St. Louis. I've never. I I went through Minneapolis once. I don't think that counts. So this will be fun. So it's like, hey, let's go in the winter because Minneapolis. So it'll be cold. I mean. It looks like a great show, and that's not even me doing a thing about the leaked card. That's just like watching the TV. You can tell kind of the rough directions. Like, if you're looking at a kind of a scenario, we know we've got Hangman and Kenny. FTR and the Lucha Bros feels like saying we can kind of pencil in, I think, after the angle last week. Yeah. I mean, if you give the Lucha Bros and FTR 20, 25 minutes, you're going to get something pretty special, I think. They had a match on Dynamite last year that I think was – pretty frustrating for a lot of people. And that was in that time where FTR, you could tell they were kind of finding their feet in, in AEW. The last couple of months, they've looked as good as ever. They're like fully back and they've kind of made that part of the TV, you know, arc. So that match is going to be incredible. And the other thing with that is I kind of buy that FTR could win that match. I'm not saying they will, but it adds a certain level of, you know, there's some stakes there that it isn't just another title defense, the Lucha Bros, by any means. I, I could buy it, but I don't think they will, but I could see it. No, I think because like, it's gonna be title versus title, so you'd imagine that right, the pros exactly. are probably gonna probably gonna win that match. Uh, it seems like we're setting up for Moxley and, and Danielson based on the bracket. I don't, I mean, unless you're gonna get really bold and do Moxley and Kingston, like that would be mm-hmm. but the only other play I see going there. Or Orange and Danielson, like yeah, it feels like Mox and Danielson. I yeah. think the real question is, do they do they go to Brian and Archer or do they use the Kingston match to build up that Moxley deal? You know, like I was, I was kind of playing with this the other night on Patreon, like the idea that um, you get in a situation with the way that Brian's been wrestling, where he grabs a heel hook on a guy like Kingston who can establish that he's got that bad knee and he sells that in one every two matches, right? Brian grabs a heel hook on him, pulls it, and Mox is almost more offended by that shit than Eddie is. Like, I could see you using something like Because right now, John Moxley is a character who's basically going out of his way to find stuff to be mad about. He's angry at every turn, right? More than ever, he's on edge. I like the idea of that. Archer and Brian's cool, like, don't get me wrong, but, like, I think the Kingston one is obviously unbiased, but that stands out to me as, like, the tournament could give us that. The final kind of feels, I don't mean dismissive, but it kind of feels like a lock, to be honest. But it's just how we get there. I think we get there, yeah, whether it's Kingston or Archer. It does make more story sense if it's Kingston. But, and I right. know you're really behind that match, Joseph. I'm worried if it's Archer for you, buddy. I really am. I mean, look, I'll be honest with you. I think Archer and Brian is is a great match. I, I think um, I probably would make a bigger show of it on social media for, like, the pop, for the content, than I actually would care. But, like, don't get me wrong, I would be pretty fired up if they, if by the end of Saturday night, they had it running, like, you know, Kingston versus Brian was, was next Wednesday or whatever. I'd be pretty fired up. So, I don't know. We'll see. I'm open-minded, really, even being honest. Uh, rest of the full gear, based on kind of, it seems like the way they're going, something with Super Click and uh, Jurassic and 
Adam Cole uh, or super, and Christian Cage, sorry. So Cole and Cage and then Super Click or Young Bucks against Lucha, Lucha Express. Jesus, Jungle Express. I'm all over the place today. Apologies. I do that a lot too. The Lucha source yeah. is confusing. Cass, what jumps out on the uh, the full gear lineup that we expect? Not the one that was leaked. We're definitely not talking about the one that was leaked. We're talking about what we expect. Uh, I mean, probably the women's, whatever the, I mean, you're going to have the finals for the, no, the finals for the TBS. No, the finals that, is that's TBS. In January. So, what we got going on? We got the women. We got a women's match, though. I think, right? I saw on that on that fake card well, that we saw on just Notepad. Was it? Well, I don't know. We're, we're definitely not commenting on that card, but yeah, I think there may be a Thunder Rosa Jay Cargill match. Maybe it was Brit. Uh, Brit's working tie, right? Yes, which is a very interesting one to circle in terms of how good that match is because Brit's title defenses have been like I think. A couple of them went a little shaky. I love the Statlander match. And Ty is someone I think everyone agrees has got really good. And she's really fun to watch. But, like, how that will translate to a 12-minute, 15-minute pay-per-view match, we're going to find out, I think, at full gear. I hope it goes well, obviously. But it's just it'll be interesting. That's – you know, I find it hard to predict those deals. I didn't think the Statlander match was going to be as, as great as it was. I loved that match all out. So it'll be interesting to see um, – yeah, uh, look, I'll be honest with you. I think Ty is someone that's been on TV, so I don't mind it as a title match. But, like, when you compare that to, you know, like the uh, some of the other title matches, it feels like there's a lot less. And, again, they've got a month, so I don't want to jump the gun and, and criticise it. But it doesn't feel quite the same, right? I don't it's know. Shame. I guess, yeah, because they did get pushed back. Uh, Not a month. That's too much. But, like, yeah, how many TVs? Six, six TVs? Um, Five TVs? Something like that. You know, they've got some time, and I guess my concern is, you know, the Statlander match, as great as it was, the build for that was like she was the top contender. That was the build, right? And that's that's fine sometimes, but it's too common. I I like Ty Conti a lot. I don't think she's going to change. I don't think they're going to have Ty out there cutting these kind of killer promos, you know? So hopefully the Anna Jay thing will kind of set the stage for a month. I'm not sure why, but I'm thinking Thunder Rosa versus Jade, but it'll be short. Probably because they got a lot of matches on that card. Um, yeah, that's good speculation from Ryan. He's definitely not commenting. <laughs> and like Thunder Rosa might go and be like, "I got twenty minutes out of Camille. Give me, give me twenty minutes for Jade Cargo." And Tony's gonna be like, "Do you know how long this show is already?" Like, yeah, we need twenty minutes. Um, who is who is Punk wrestling? That that definitely wasn't listed on the the sheet of paper. Yeah, I'm actually not gonna say that name because I would never have predicted it. So. Um... I mean, I'd still like them to go back to the Team Taz dynamic with Ricky Starks. Seems like they're not going to for a while. That's what I would like. Um, it's interesting. Punk's in a really interesting place. I don't really know what the kayfabe reason is for him not being in the tournament, other than him just like, if he explained as he didn't want to be in the tournament, that's that's whatever. But I actually like the way they've used him. I'm not on board with the kind of, uh, you know, the uh, the slander and such. I, I, I get it, but I'm, I'm not with it. However, it does make him hard to kind of book in a program at this point because <laughs> it feels like he should be in like a main event program, right? But who's the name for that? It's hard. Cass, without naming the name on the sheet of paper, what do you, oh, you think? I remember the sheet of paper. True. You think I can actually remember? I was, was going to ask. I don't even remember who it was supposed to be. I'm not going to lie. So, uh, who do I think it could be? I, this yeah. is going to be a blind shot in the dark. I don't even remember. Uh, uh, was it somebody? Ugh, fuck, I don't know, dude. Who's, who? I don't remember what the card is. You're, I'm, ter- I'm worse at this, bro. Predictions and remembering things. Are you? Are you kidding? Me? I didn't bring notes. 
You didn't tell me clearly. anything about today. Clearly. <laughs> I was like, so what are we doing? You're like, ah, it'll be fine. That's really how I prep for this. I was like, okay, so I can prep for this by watching Crown Jewel, which we talked about with covering camels. So now I'm like totally in the dark. But uh, I personally think, this is just me, I think they should book CM Punk with the head of the table, the bunny. That's why Genuine Take. That's why we do this program. I'd have them do a program about who's the who's the true ratings drawer of the program on last Friday night. You know, that's what I'd go with. But unconventional, I know, but that's what I'm saying. Joseph, you're a Bischoff guy. You're a, you're a, a TK guy. What? Whose side are you on? I mean, <laughs> listen. I before I go any further, I actually am a Bischoff guy. I genuinely I enjoy Eric Bischoff, and I do you know. If that's like I'm not, I'm not going to I'm an expert on his past, so I apologize if that's actually bad. It might be, but like I enjoy him, and I think he's part of wrestling history. is really fun and exciting, and he has this. It's an awesome story, WCW story. Like the way that he pulled that thing up and then it just plummeted. Like, and I don't even say that as an insult. It is genuinely one of the great stories pro wrestling has ever produced. It's incredible. I get the sense, however, that. Um, he was his feelings were a little bit hurt by some of Tony Khan's comments, and I think when Tony was kind of make, you know making a point of that that stance of like we're going to do WCW without all the shitty stuff WCW did, and we're not going to let our young guys go. As much as that's like common rhetoric for us and those of us that cover wrestling and talk about wrestling, those in the chat, like I mean that stuff still hurts Eric because I don't think he really believes that's why it went wrong, and I'm not you know I don't know. Whatever, Eric Scott, he was on the inside of that deal. Like, whenever it comes up, the idea that he didn't turn the roster over and bring the young guys up, he kind of shoots it down. And I think he's taken it was, well, you wasn't there, Tony. Like, you don't know. And I think his way of saying that without saying it was getting real mad about AEW doing stuff that it feels like Eric Bischoff would co- like completely co-sign in a different time. I don't know, man. I think, and I say this with complete self-awareness because I'm guilty of it too. When you sit in front of a microphone a lot every week, sometimes you're going to make a, you're going to give takes that like really don't need to be given. <laughs> I've done it. <laughs> I'm sure we can all say we've done it. And like Eric Bischoff's behind the microphone a lot, and like I'm sure he believes it, but does he really need to be doing like these kind of big grand stances? Like it wasn't that deep to me, but bless bless Eric. I think he's pretty clearly like in the wrong here. <laughs> I know I'm going to hold it. He's just doing a talking head thing where he says an opinion and then it creates controversy out of it. And that's what it is. Like, does Eric, I wonder how much of what he says with that, does he believe on that? Like, does, does he actually think like, oh, Tony should stay quiet and not say anything and, and shut up and wrestle, whatever. He's like making a whole t-shirt out of this. Like they're obviously cashing in as much as they can on this. Like, does Eric actually believe this is what Tony Khan should do? Or is he just giving this uh, this uh, devil's advocate or, or just against opinion as a way to kind of, again, drum up interest for himself and knowing that like, oh, yeah, people are going to know that I'm being a hypocrite on this. I mean, he even said, I know the hypocrisy in this and the yes, difference is, yeah, like the difference is I was going against them every single week in this war. You just went against them for 30 minutes. So like he recognizes some of this, but he is obviously leaning into the other side of like, just shut up and wrestle. Yeah. I don't know. Cause what do you think? What do you think Eric's uh, motivation is out on this? I mean, he went through it once, so he might be trying to give some decent advice, you know, at some hey, point yeah. too, you know what I mean? Like just, you know, like, Hey, don't do what I did and make the same mistakes I did also too. By, 
I don't know, just like you said, just shut up and, and do do what you're doing. You're doing just fine, but I enjoy it. I like shit talking, obviously, and I like uh, you know controversy, and I like coming from being like, all right, man, just shut up and do what you're doing. The, the thing with it is, is he and he says it a lot. This is not a new take from him, like about the head to head thing. And I get it, I do understand it, but the the thing that he's missing, obviously, is Tony Khan's shit talk really ramps up when WWE opts to go head to head with AEW. Yeah. So, like, you could reasonably argue that Tony Khan has no intention of doing the head-to-head shit, and he only does it as, like, a response. The way that the company dynamics currently is, is basically, WWE will do stuff, I don't want to say so, they'll do that, or they'll do stuff behind the scenes. And AEW's response has generally been Tony Khan just, like, publicly dunking on it. Um, That can go, one like, two ways. It went, I think Friday was clearly, like, a triumph for him, that whole thing. I'll be honest with you, I'm not saying it was a shift in the landscape because it would be hyperbolic, but, like, I think it was pretty significant that he kind of shit-talked them into a battle that he, like, kind of won. That I didn't see that coming. I thought they were going to lose handily. Again, viewership demo. The head-to-head, I think, was pretty impressive from AEW's point. For me, anyway. That's just my my opinion. So, I don't know. I I don't really... I've got to be honest. Though, firstly, I don't like the sharp and wrestle, like... What that's kind of a spin of is very, you know, that's to me a dangerous waters to go into anyway. Yeah. But the idea, my biggest problem with it, because the core idea is the notion that they're the ones that aren't paying attention to their own product is kind of laughable. You know, and I say this on an evening where, like, I, from what I can gather, WWE had a good show tonight, so all hell. But like, if any one, if either half of this equation, whether you like AEW or don't, they're swinging for the fences every week and try to put on the best show they can. So, I don't know. I don't want to sit here and, like, I'm not going to do the thing where I come on and go, like, you know, Bischoff failed at this. Like, I don't, that's, that's whatever, man. Like, I sit here and give my opinion. He's more than entitled to give his and him having a bad time in TNA disqualifies him. That's, that's bullshit. But I will say that I get the sense if he's being honest with himself, Eric's not telling the complete truth here in terms of his actual opinion on it. I'll just, that's my read. I'll Ricardo says TK and Eric B to a 30 minute draw. I find the dynamic like kind of weird and interesting because like, I obviously don't know the the Bischoff and Tony Khan relationship. I would think it's not bad considering Bischoff yeah. has been on their television multiple times and done many things with them. So like coming from Bischoff, not only from the uh, the like he said the kind of hypocritical standpoint of you know what are you doing shit talking in this war, but. I thought they were on just like kind of okay terms. And so I wouldn't like expect Bischoff to really even say anything like this. And I don't, I mean, I'm sure Tony would welcome back to TV for a pop and they can maybe do something, but I figured Bischoff would almost have more respect for Tony than he's kind of giving him with all of this. I'm not saying like he doesn't have any respect for him, but I, I feel like it would be more given their history and their dynamic and what Tony is actually doing. So that's why I thought it was kind of weird that Bischoff would would say these things. The thing with that is, and you know, it's this topic, let's be honest, we haven't got a lot to talk about, so we might as well just talk about this in kind of as much detail as we can. He's pretty regularly, he'll put AEW over, but he's also very, very often like he brings that perspective of, and it's a common perspective whether you share it or not, of like, Look at the ratings they're fighting over, right? Not, neither yeah. guy's winning. It, it sucks. Wrestling's doomed, which I don't share that belief. I think that television has changed and they're, you know, linear eyeballs is a different thing now. But um, no, I, look, I, I agree with you, but I also think on a human level, there is this element of 
it's the sports coach that got his team into the playoffs and fucked up in the finals. What you know, it's Mark Jackson watching Steve Kerr hold that championship. That's where I was going. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, after a while it gets really annoying. <laughs> you know, and I, look, I maybe that's maybe that's me, you know, projecting or looking for stuff that isn't there. But like I'd imagine that there is a part of Rick that every time he reads a take that's basically Oh, AEW's the good of WCW without the bad. He's probably like, no, fuck this, man. We were doing 5 million views, you know? And I get it. I understand. But there's, Hannah mentioned in the chat, and she's like, it's absolutely true, and it goes under the radar. Eric was the head of a promotion that was underneath the networks. Like, he, the finances of that company were a mess, and not all of that's on Eric. In fact, a lot of it was just on the way that Turner run that company. It was The whole thing was, like, way above his... He couldn't deal with that. That is what it is. But... um. It is very, very different from TK, who's like created the promotion, and it's like his thing. That's different to Eric being hired, you know, the head man. It's just a different dynamic. I think, listen, man, I'll be real with you, and I do world. I think Eric gets himself back in the game and fucking buys the NWA or some shit, and we can really have some fun. Because this, you know, this this podcast and deal can only go can so Bischoff, far. Right? Can Bischoff and Jarrett coexist? Could they work together? Can they coexist? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I really don't know like what their actual. Yeah, no, they're good. Yeah, okay, they're good because the thing about Bischoff is, and I don't know if people believe him; they don't have to. But he's basically made it clear that like the TNA thing is not people are kind of unfair to him with that TNA. Yeah, thing. he takes no responsibility and for that stuff. I was always 50-50. Jeff Jarrett kind of co-signed that and was like, he was just there to be a Hulk man. Like they want Hulk wanted Derek with him because everyone always has this perception that he came in like head of creative and yeah. I don't think Eric wanted to work there. <laughs> so, you know, here's what he is. I don't know, Cass. Have you worked at TNA Wrestling? <laughs> Man, that Pluto, I still watch a lot of that Pluto channel. TV. Oh, wow. Still on. But they've been showing way too much recent, like, not recent, but like the yeah. last five years. I'm like, eh. You, you want some Chris Harris, brother? You yeah, want some- give, me, give me some asylum. You know what I mean? I want to be, be back in Nashville. <laughs> what, what's your favorite Bischoff TNA moment, Cass? Uh, can, okay, can you name one? Uh, I don't know. He did something. He did when he chastised the entire X division and yeah. at the the uh, in the parking lot. Oh, man, I don't know that that whole time period was very forgettable for me. Honestly, for TNA, it was, I don't know. I didn't enjoy that stretch. What about when he had to uh, on his first night? They had to do, like they went the full Russo route where he like tore the script up yeah, and was like, and he was like, oh, "Fuck this six sided ring." Yeah, like even when Jeff Jarrett rewatched that on the um, My World Pod, he was like, "This has got Russo all over it." Like this is one hundred percent. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's the TNA stuff. Like, look, I'm not saying he's not blameless, but when I see people dunking on him with that, it's like, listen. If we're going to say Eric isn't allowed to have an opinion on AEW because he sucked as the head of TNA, it's like we should probably stop talking about wrestling because we have no we have no qualifications whatsoever to discuss any of this. Like, I respect his opinion. I just think he's wrong in this case. I guess is my conclusion. But that's you know, that's what it is. What it is. It's a weird thing because you said it, Joseph. Of Tony Khan really is kind of silent about this stuff, except when yeah. WWE makes the, aggressively makes the move like they were and they just ran their show on friday i mean yeah they did the buy-in they did danielson and suzuki like they right. they added some of that stuff but rampage they could put danielson suzuki on rampage they could have been like could. you know yeah. what like we'll just we'll just put this on rampage instead of on on a buy-in show and we'll put punk and sidell that'll be the buy-in stuff like they could just switch things around like they they drummed up a little bit more interest with the buy-in and 
I think Tony, I said it before, I think he made a good move, like rallying once, you know, SmackDown said, oh, we're doing an extra 30 minutes. Like instead of just ignoring it and being like, yeah, we're just going to do our show and it's fine. We don't really care what they're doing. Instead, he was very outspoken about yeah. all of this stuff and really rallied the, the AEW uh, troops around everything. And like it, it paid off because that, that fan base clearly tuned in and, you know, they, they won the demo head to head and Ruby Soho and the bunny are now the, the big dog and the beast incarnates of, of uh, the professional wrestling world. But I thought Tony made a good move rallying and I thought he made a good move just running the show as he did instead of trying to book everything. Cast. Well, they're they're gonna they run the tape anyway before Rampage. Like you're there, they're already going to be doing something. So why not just, you know, since it's not going to cost them anything just to put it on YouTube, they're already going to be taping it, and people are right. running anyway to do their what is it, Dark Elevation or whatever yep. they tape before. So yeah, I mean, why not, right? I think we're at a very interesting point where we're basically. I think that AEW and Tony Khan is a lot further along than he ever could have imagined. And he's starting to realize that like there may not be the response coming that people online expect, you know, Tony, you, it's easy to forget, but two years ago when dynamite was what, three weeks old, two weeks old, whatever, if I'd have listed to you the amount of professional wrestlers they've acquired since then that were then under contract with WWE, you'd have been like, what happened in WWE? Well, the answer was a global pandemic. Now, that didn't mean they had to cut guys, but that was their reason. That was their excuse, right, to get off those contracts. And a difference in, you know, philosophy, they, they changed their whole outlook. I just think, though, you know, we're all kind of in this bubble and we're living it every day. It's like, I think it's easy to lose sight of how much things have changed. I think if you put those rosters side by side, it's I think nice. the folks, yeah, I think the folks over <laughs> at Raw and SmackDown are in a room for rude awakening creatively. Not the talent. Talent's great, but, you know, I just think the landscape's changed, and I think when you see a super-sized SmackDown, you know, battling away with just an episode of Rampage, where the biggest match and featured Matt Seidel, and I love Matt Seidel, but, like, he's not, you know, a star, so to speak. Star talent, no doubt, but he isn't a guy that's on TV every week, by any means. I think it's dawning on everyone that, like, there isn't this big shift on its way, man. Like, this is, you know, this isn't 1996. I don't think... I don't think the folks at WWE are um, – I honestly don't know if they're capable of adjusting creatively. They're just going to keep doing shit like this. And Tony Khan's response is, we're not going to get pushed around. So, you know, this, this go-ahead, this series got the better show. Better show is subjective, obviously. But what I'm saying is – and maybe I'm wrong. I don't think WWE has this complete creative facelift on its way, man. I think they think their show's better. And Tony Khan realizes the consensus is – you know, doesn't agree with them, and he feels like they can win this war. What winning the war means, I don't know, guys. This, you know, that time will tell. I don't know what any of that means at this point, but it's important. To, like, we have to take note of how much this wrestling world has changed over the last two years. I mean, I mean, look at this talent pool. They definitely don't have a creative shift because their creative shift, their initial response was, again, when were Heyman and Bruce? That was. So it was Heyman and um, uh, yeah, Heyman and Bischoff. Bischoff. That was like June, July of twenty nineteen. Nineteen. Okay, so like before AEW actually got on television. Yes. Um, 
all these years run together for me. Uh, so, so they did, so they did that. And like, that was supposed to be this big creative shift and everything. And Bischoff lasted a couple weeks and, and Heyman lasted a year. And then they just brought in Bruce who it's like, Oh, he's been in the trenches and everything and whatnot. But like these philosophies have not, have not evolved with, from what they were doing whenever uh, in, in the nineties and stuff. And the problem is, is like, you could do a big shift in the nineties and you can go to attitude and all of this stuff and you can try to, uh, you know, leech off of the ECW stuff and whatnot, but they're not doing that now because they're a worldwide company and they're publicly traded and they're trying to appeal to kids and everything. So they're just, they're even like, they're trying to do that in the most, they, they want to say shit on television and they curse a little bit more. And it's like, ah, look, attitude is back. We curse. And it's like, that's not why that era is like as fondly, remembered it's not because austin was just cursing and drinking beer every episode it's like you guys were actually doing some halfway decent stories and a lot of people were over and a lot of people were involved in stories they're legitimately and and i i don't think it's like good but like they're legitimately trying this with nxt to yeah, yeah. like they, they're trying to give everybody a character they're trying to give everybody a story and they're they're trying to do a bunch of different stuff again is that good to do what they're trying to do this 90s stuff in 2020 no but that is what they're at least trying in nxt 2.0 so before i go any further i have not watched a full episode of that show so my opinion is not educated on this this is just my read from the outside looking in to me nxt 2.0 is an homage to the mid-90s professional wrestling television the same way the nwa power is an homage to like mid-80s professional wrestling television and i think the idea that that's the route to a new like boom or this is we're going to read you know we're going to get characters and gimmicks back like i just i don't know man i um i don't know if like we're the guys that were i I was definitely behind this this curve for sure or slow to it when you look at nxt's critical success in the mid-2010s and then you look at AEW's critical and commercial success over the last two years it feels like we've got pretty good evidence as to where the actual wrestling world is trending and I don't know if it was an art. The answer was, you know, well, Adam Cole is short, so maybe him and the Undisputed Era should never come to the main roster. I don't know if the answer was Andrade Cien Almas is a mid-card guy because of a language barrier, even though he's got the best manager in professional wrestling. I don't know if the answer was Alistair Black has to have a character, so we're going to sit him in a dark room and light differently behind him sometimes, you know? I'm not, I'm not saying I have the answers. I don't think anyone does. But if you look at the last six years of pro wrestling, it sure feels like NXT <laughs> was a lot closer to the answers than WWE. That show may not have been palatable for mainstream. I don't know. But it also was in a, you know, it was in full sale. There should have been lessons learned from NXT's success critically. And they've done the opposite. They've shunned those, those, those progressions. They've actually gone backwards. And you can like or dislike NXT 2.0. I don't, I don't watch it. So again, I'm not, you know, I'm not here to over correct opinion on it i'm just saying when i see adam cole on AEW tv it is very apparent to me that like hmm maybe the undisputed era should have been one of the top acts on raw for the last three years you know maybe when johnny gargano was the top baby face in nxt he should have been up there wrestling brian you know for the wwe title i don't know and you know we could sit and pick holes in those guys as talents if we want to but what's over is over and i just think I don't do the out of touch thing, but like, man, it kind of feels that way, huh? <laughs> like, imagine 
just undisputed era the night after WrestleMania, not not a uh, thirty six because that was held in front of nobody. Uh, the night who won the title thirty five Rollins. Imagine undisputed era night after thirty five just attacks Rollins instead of right. him entering to a shitty feud with, with Baron Corbin because I'm pretty sure that's what he ended up doing. Yeah. Like under, they jump him and that's your hot angle coming off of WrestleMania. Like all the these guys. <sighs> They could have hit on the main roster. I think if they were in better hands, because we saw what happened when a lot of these guys ended up going to the main roster and it didn't, didn't work out. Like drew is a success, but drew, he was, I feel like he was always going to be a success based on where he was when he first entered the company as the chosen one and his look and his size and everything. These other guys, you would think that like Alistair and Andrade, like they have a, they have good looks. They have unique looks. Listen, man, they've good missed size. on they've missed on all of the above because you yeah. know they missed on guys like Braun and and Rusev. You, you can't, you know, they can't be trusted with any of these guys. But I don't know. I like you, I agree with you that Drew is a success, but what does that mean? Like, does he move any of the metrics? Does he have good matches? Nobody in the there does. Right. So then you get into the kind of systematic issues of. I don't know, okay, so I, I don't know what you think, mate, but I kind of was – I was talking to someone about this the other day, and I think people underestimate that they actually are like a couple years of creative retooling away from regaining the audience's trust. I think it would take someone to come in and say, we're not going to do a DQ finish for a year. We can't. We have to just get that out of the audience in line. We're not going to do a bait and switch. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do the can they coexist. They're taking booking tools that are actually very useful, like a DQ finish, like a can they coexist, and they're doing them so much that people hate them and never want to see them again. It's difficult. I don't know, Cass. What do you think on this? Uh, it's a big topic. It's kind of, but it's, it's interesting, right? I think it would help if the people involved in creative were more from the wrestling world. You know, yeah. I, mean, I get that they're hiring people from outside. But I think that's why you have so many misses and people then these people that don't understand what to do for wrestling talent because they're not wrestling people. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you can look at some of the like what was I mean, even Freddie Prince Jr. when he was there, he's not a wrestling guy, but he loved wrestling. You know, what I mean, he was familiar with the product. He knew what wrestling was. And that was what one of the best ratings had been. You had like Patrice O'Neill working at the time, too, and like yeah. other people outside. But they're all people that liked and loved wrestling and knew what it was and could talk to you about wrestling. And that might have something to do with it. Is there like, you know, I mean, you, they're hiring people, what, from like soap opera writers and stuff like that. that right. probably didn't. You know, I mean, they got rid of that woman that said she didn't know uh who any of the people were on the roster and that's because she she went public with it because she went public with it yeah they clearly they literally they posted an nxt writer listing and it says on there knowledge of wwe's audience a plus but not required it says that on their job listing that it is not required uh not for have knowledge of wwe's audience like yeah, and so it's like they're they they're trying to take a stance on that, like oh well, we took care of that, but yet that's what they wanted in the first place. They know that that's just like a stupid reaction to the internet being upset about it, but yet that's not going to change how they build their creative right. team. I don't think at all, and I think until they do that, you're not going to get a change in how they you know script the end of the matches and how like what you just said, like the same shit that we see over and over and over and over again. We're going to keep seeing it because you know they don't know anything better. They don't know better. See, that's the thing that interests me. I don't even mind that approach if you're going to do it correctly. So, like, what I mean is, you know what, man? If you want to go, if you want to get out of the wrestling bubble and you want to get this audience that's that's apparently out there of people that don't like wrestling but want to watch WWE, 
if you're going to go for that, like actually do it, you know? So if you're going to hire writers, let them write. Actually let them write because let's be honest, we, we, we know we've watched enough of that show to know that whether those writers are educated or not, they're not going to chance to write many storylines because those the stories they're telling on their TV are not good. And, you know, it's like I, Bray Wyatt's such an interesting example of this where Bray Wyatt was not critically well-received from a lot of his career in our circles, right? Like I know that he won, you know, he got voted worst gimmick and all that stuff, and that's fine. Like, I don't like that stuff, so I understand. It definitely connected with their audience though, right? So if you're not even focusing on the wrestling bubble, then when you get a character like Bray who's like just intellectual property everywhere, <laughs> you can do all this weird shit with Bray Wyatt. Do it, you know, like actually write a story. If you want, if you literally want to make Bray Wyatt your horror movie portion of a professional wrestling show, then do the bare minimum and write an actual cohesive story from start, middle, and end, rather than doing this stuff that isn't wrestling and is weird and, and, and doesn't fit, but treating it like it's wrestling, changing finishes and like, because, you know, that's, that's the other thing here is it's one thing if you don't want to appeal to an adult like me, I understand that. I get that completely. You have to appeal, you know, you have to, there's still like a, an objective good and bad there. I can sit there and say, Bray Wyatt's not for me, but it's getting over. That's no use if you fire him after, you know, four months of absence because you beat him at WrestleMania for no reason. You know, <laughs> like, you, if you're going to hire writers, let them write. I mean, I agree with you completely, Kaz. Like, I think a product for you and I, we would prefer it be a wrestling mind booking show, right? But if you're going to let, you're going to get writers in, then they cannot be, getting charged and bullied around by a guy in his 70s who's still looking at his wrestling show, even though he doesn't know he's doing it that way, you know? If they're going to write stories, then there has to be some good ones on the show. <laughs> I mean, who knows what they have written. I mean, how many times do we see that the script exactly. get ripped up the day of and then completely re reworked three or four times before the show? You know what I mean? So it's like, what what were they doing for the whole week for you anyway if you're just going to wrap right. it up and not right. let it do it? And then how, is, how can you build off that too? When it's like, how am I going to write a storyline that, uh, is extended over a period of time when I don't even know if it's going to make exactly. it to the air in four hours, you know? And so how can you plan down the road when you're just not going to make it to the air tonight even, you know? So that's... That's really where the clash gets interesting because I can't remember her name, so I apologize, but there was a writer that was credited for the Mandy Otis. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. 
It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill stuff this is the perfect example okay and i apologize i think she was one of the the riders that was unfortunately let go and that's why it became yeah, a story was, and that's why yeah. i don't know exactly who right name so and, you and have the, this story uh, listed listed burger there you go so you have a story there the eyes wrestling fan can happily say that was not for me that's not what i personally watch wrestling for however i definitely got over and i can set the appeal a bit Cool. Okay, so you finished that story. Unfortunately, it didn't have a full stadium of people watching on. That's I get that completely. But then if the wrestling show is going to refuse to capitalise on both characters that it actually elevated, what is the point of the story? Because Mandy, I mean, she's she's doing an XT now, and that's just great, whatever, but like, there was no follow-up for Mandy. She got put in a tag team with, um, well, I guess they did the Sonya thing. I apologise. But then eventually, she ends up back in a team with Dana Brooke, and it's like... You know, Otis turns, he, he wins money in the bank and then turns heel because they decide they don't want him to actually be, you know, the world champion, which, again, and this is where I kind of get to is, like, it really feels like, and it's such a simple talking point, and I, I really roll my eyes when others do it, but I'm about to do it myself. Let's be honest, man. It's the, it starts at the top. Dudes, you know, you don't put the money in the bank briefcase on a guy that you don't think can be the world champ. <laughs> I'm sorry. You just don't do that. And... Unfortunately, you know, it doesn't matter how many talented people are underneath. If that, if that top brain is doing all sorts of weird shit just to pop himself, you can end up with that product they've got right now. It's just, I know that's like a cynical conclusion, but like, it kind of feels like the truth, right? Joseph, you mentioned like building up goodwill and trust with the yeah. audience and how it like, could take years. And like, I agree with you because they run the same stuff into the ground. They're doing rematches. I mean, we just saw this Queen's Crown tournament where the entire tournament lasted less than 20 minutes. And it's like the the, the fans who want to care have no reason to invest in this stuff. Raw has ended into in a DQ for, for three straight weeks. And like they've been good matches all leading right. to that. And then you come out with like a non-finish. So you're running off wrestling fans with like, all right, you're not giving us a satisfying conclusion to these matches by doing the, these lame finishes or you're doing the same matches and stuff. If you're trying to appeal to a wider like soap opera fan base or whatever, obviously wrestling is going to be a part of that. I still think they want conclusions to this stuff. Yeah. Like I, you know, if I'm watching a show, I don't want a Sopranos ending every single episode of the show. It's going to piss me off by the end of it. It's like, okay, there's a cliffhanger or there was this great episode and then there was no payoff to it. You keep doing this week after week after week after week. And it's like, I'm not going to watch this show. Anymore. Yeah. And here's the thing. I think the Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks are mega stars. I think they're, they're two of the biggest stars, probably two of the top five to 10 stars in all of wrestling. They did not lose in, in the demo to Punk and Seidel because they're lesser stars necessarily. They lost because there was definitely a portion of that audience that realized Eh, whatever. And ironically, from what I know, that match had a finish of some kind. 
So it had Bianca hit uh, Becky's hand with like her braid, and then it was an actual, and then Banks at the bank statement and, and got the win. So, so as far as clean finishes go, that's about as clean as you're going to get in a big time. And that's fine. On television. But even if you remove the finish, imagine the rating those two women could do if that match felt somewhat special within the framing of their television. Now, from what I can gather, the match was special because they're so damn good. Joseph is frozen. They're a great match. Okay. Yeah, you're good. Okay. I'm glad they had a great match. Like, no problem with that. The problem is when you have that group of talent wrestling on TV in 20-minute matches so often against each other, there is less spectacle to it, you know? And it reflects poorly on them because it's like, well, they you know, they're not, they didn't outdraw CM Punk versus Matt Sidell. And it's like, that's not really what happened there, though. If you're in that, if CM Punk Let's be really honest, man. If CM Punk had gone back to WWE, it would have been a great moment. But, like, he wouldn't feel as unique as he does in AEW. And I know some people don't even think he feels that unique there. But, like... And he knew that. That's why he wasn't ever going back. In their system, it's just... Like, if... if, I'm not saying this is ever going to happen, but if you had a Sasha Banks in AEW, like, you don't even realise the shit they could do with a star of that calibre. Like, when they went to Boston, it would be, like, this epic thing. And when WWE goes, it's like, who can she lose to tonight, guys? You know? It's hard. I, and I, I think the talent, I do think it's like AEW's actually got a legitimately uglier, better roster now. But never take that as me dismissing the talent that works out there. <laughs> they're incredible. Unfortunately, they're cogs on the wheel. And, like, if the wheel's not turning too good, it reflects badly on them, which isn't fair. It's a shame. Cass, any thoughts? Oh, like, they used to... I mean, so what was it like uh, when you had Sean and Brett in their heyday? They kept them apart because they didn't want them to be in the ring against each other over and over again because it wouldn't feel special so that when they finally did meet, it was that big, huge moment. And it's like they totally abandoned that mindset that obviously worked. And now you get what you see. I didn't even even watch SmackDown. Like I watched Rampage instead. Honestly, you know, because I knew that like I probably was gonna, I was going to see stuff on Rampage that I hadn't seen before, and you know, how many rematches were going to be on SmackDown for the night, or I could, I could just watch Twitter and not really feel like I missed anything. So that's the other thing that's in, I didn't realize this show was going to become this, but it's, it's quite interesting. Don't we're all kind of just figuring it out as we go here? The other thing that's interesting is. With WWE, like, increasingly kind of – their thing has always been, and I get it, like, they're closed off, right? Like, they do their thing, the WWE universe, under our umbrella is what matters. I get that. That's fine. But when you have AEW doing the opposite, there is this complete difference in vibe that it's very hard to, like, capture with words. And the perfect example is Suzuki just been announced for YouTube on, like, two days' notice. That's something that WWE just doesn't have in their arsenal. Because they don't, they don't refer to the wrestling world that way. The only example I can think of that's even vaguely comparable is to NXT TakeOver Brooklyn booking Liger just like, just like as though they're just like some random wrestling show. Like, we're just going to book Jushin Liger. And it was great. But See, there you go, NXT. You know, well, I think the same to that. Yes. And I think they could, not to, not to the level of this because it's different promotions. I think they could do this a little bit if they actually stuck to like a brand split. And everything yes. because you could then be like if it's been years and years uh and then like a roman is going to be on raw 
Like, okay, this is a big deal. Or an NXT guy. Remember when NXT invaded SmackDown? I know that was different circumstances and stuff, but like it felt like a big deal with everything. And it's not necessarily just because it, it was the invasion and whatnot. It's like, oh man, these NXT guys, they're going to be on the main roster. We haven't seen these guys. We haven't seen these matches before. Danielson and, and, and Cole, like we hadn't seen that. It felt right. unique because Cole had always been in NXT. Danielson had, had always been in the um, on the main roster. If you actually keep a unique brand and even within all in the WWE universe, like when Walter shows up at NXT, it doesn't feel like a big deal now, but like the first couple of times it was like, oh man, here comes Walter yeah. coming over to the United States. Like it could feel like a big deal well, if they didn't do, you know, oh, here's brand to brand invitation or we need to pop a rating. So we're going to send this person over here. Like, well, in addition, you would have to, and this is, and to his credit, this is a Bischoff thing that he's always said, and he's absolutely correct. The brands have got to be more unique, man. Yeah. You know, Raw and SmackDown have to be formatted differently. They have to be left to look differently. They have to have a different kind of talent. You maybe put them more kind of personalities on one show. You put the workers on the other show. You start SmackDown with a match. You start Raw with a promo, whatever it may be. You need to completely divorce them from each other so that when a guy jumps over to the other one, there's this sort of appeal and spectacle that you get when, you know, Kenta shows up at Dynamite because, like, well, this is weird. This feels different. That's so – like, WWE is nowhere near that kind of vibe, right? Like, it feels like red and blue the exact same. Yeah. And, I, and, and here's the thing. I understand SmackDown has been better for the last year or so. I get that. I'm not talking about quality. I'm talking about the actual way the show is presented. To me, they've been identical forever. Like, and that, that's what NXT was too. It was like they had a basic generic format, and as soon as NXT went to USA, they're like, "All right, here, here's how we're going to run the show. It's you know, promo, man. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the same shit." Yeah, yeah. So. It's just difficult. I don't know. I, and look, I think as much as as a wrestling nerd, it pops me the forbidden door stuff. But I do get why. Like, I understand why WWE does the stuff the way they did, especially back once upon a time. Boy, does it feel outdated though now, man. Like, I'm so I just don't. When you compare it to the way like a Daniel Garcia came onto AEWTV, and they was just like, yeah, he just had a 60 minute time with draw with Wheeler Ewer. He's one of the top independent wrestlers. Like, well, that helped everyone, didn't it? The independent wrestling scene became healthier for that. Daniel Garcia felt like a big deal, which then helps AEW because he's on their television. That is so much better than signing a guy, having him in a warehouse for six months, changing their name, and then going, he's traveled the world. <laughs> You know, he's traveled the world. You weren't you weren't looking forward to Dante Rios in WWE, Joseph? I'm looking at comment because I don't know who that is. I'm sorry. Really? Yeah. Dante Rios is Daniel Garcia. He did Luckily. a match. He did a match in NXT in February. He was named Dante Rios. They filed the trademark for Dante Rios. I don't know if they thought he was gonna sign or whatever, but like they, they filed the trademark yeah. for that. And that was going to be his uh his WWE name. There you go. go. I'll say this. I think um, think it's a very interesting pivot that they're not like actively seeking the independent guys. Because when you see AEW officially sign Garcia and Moriarty in one week, and over the last two months they've signed, you know, Cole, Punk, Brian, this like that, I personally wouldn't want them to be getting every great you know, talent of tomorrow. Now you can create guys. Bron Breaker looks like he's going to be really good, and that's awesome. So a lot of these NXT things are like they're just full gimmicks, and that's yeah. cool. You need gimmicks on the card, but like they're not. You know, 
Well, that's when it goes back to they're just appealing to a different kind of audience and they're trying to appeal to a more, you know, not, not as much a wrestling audience. They're trying to get mainstream audiences of, Hey, we're telling stories. We have characters and everything. And you still need main eventers though. Well, you know, who's the, who's going to be the main eventer. I think Tony D'Angelo looks awesome. I, I think he's a really fun character. He's not main event in WrestleMania. <laughs> I know it'd be Tony. If you're watching this and you made it WrestleMania, I apologize. <laughs> I'm very sorry. But I don't mean as a dismissal of you. You're doing the best job you can. That role is fun. Like it's you need stuff like that on wrestling, you know? Like absolutely. But you do need like guys that can be top guys. And I'm looking at you know, I look at the roster, I see Big E. I see Roman. That's what I see. <laughs> no, yeah, the women's side the no, women's side's actually stronger. Yeah, I don't um, that's whatever. <laughs> it's actually more on the the women's division, I think, has more talent that I consider main event talent than the male side, which is awesome in one way. But it's definitely an indictment of the other side also. <laughs> for being honest, but whatever. Cass, who do you see from NXT 2.0 as a future WrestleMania main eventer when he takes on Tony D'Angelo at WrestleMania 43? Uh, so the only people I know from the, like, I, I, we got Steiner's kid. So Braun yeah. Breaker, that guy, I don't know anybody from it. I can't, I've made it through like 10 <laughs> minutes of the show, man. Like I try, I try and I'm like baseball on yeah. and I'll like turn to something and I turn to something. Harlan? Harlan, the former no. Parker Boudreaux? Braun, Braun Breaker's good. I like what yeah, I, like, I, like, I like. I like him. I like that guy. I think everybody I likes the fucking name. Man. I'm I trying think. to name. Yeah, him. the name's tough. Yeah. I, so I think an um, example of just like. Just let him be Rex Steiner. Like you yeah, had uh, it. You had that right there. You literally, you had it for like 24 hours, and then you're yeah, just like, oh, Braun Breaker with two Ks. I like Eli Drake or fucking yeah. what stupid NXT name do they give him? after LA, LA Knight. LA Knight. God yeah. damn it. He's good. I, like, I actually surprised he's not being called up. I think um, they're not going to main him at WrestleMania. They're probably going to be the WWE yeah. Tag Team Champions at some point, though, right? The, LA the, Knight uh, Braun Breaker? No, no. Um, oh, I forget the they're, they're poor guys. I forget their name every time. I'm very sorry. <laughs> the Creed yes, brothers. the Creed brothers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're really this. good. I really like those guys. So yeah. there's definitely talent there. I think you know. I look at most of them and say, "God, I'd like to see them elsewhere." But that's not just life. You can't get everything you want, you know. <laughs> you don't see. Yeah, Jeremy uh, Bauman mentions Carmelo Hayes. I think he's Carmelo great. Hayes, yes. Yeah. 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 Like if he doesn't main event a WrestleMania. And I'm honestly not sure he will, unfortunately. Like, something probably goes wrong, and I think something probably goes wrong unless there is this shift that, that we were talking about. Because I think Carmelo Hayes, he's a great talent, he's a good talker, and he's a, like, I, I listened to a lot of his interviews and stuff this week. Very smart guy, and he carries himself very well. Carries himself like a star, too, which obviously yes. matters as well. That's a great suggestion, actually. I completely agree with that. I think he's, I think he's one that can actually do it. Um, it's again that thing about faith. You're going to have to, you know, the main roster is going to have to prove to the audience again that they can make these guys connect. I was talking on last night about this. I, I want, I hadn't seen the, uh, the some of the War Games matches they've done in NXT. I know they're very polarizing, and I watched them, and I, I'm not a big fan. But I, the ta- guys, you got to go back and look at the people that are in these War Games matches and see where they're at now. It's fascinating, you know. I mean, like one of the years, the top baby faces are like the Viking Raiders, Ricochet, and Pete Dunne. And it's like, well, Pete Dunne's in the exact same spot. Ricochet and the Viking Raiders are like, and I mean this with nothing but love to those two, but I mean, they're they're pretty low on the uh, totem pole, it seems. So, they're television bodies. 
Like he, he's the know. man at uh, on main event though, Ricochet. Still, <laughs> hey, well, maybe I don't know. It's just I tough. Don't I don't think we get that show in America, do we? Unless we want. But then who? It's on Hulu. Just turn on Hulu, it? Cass. Yeah, it's on Hulu. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Uh, for Josh, four or five wits says, "What are we talking about with the with the time frame on this stuff? Probably about five years. Brock and Roman are going to main event WrestleMania at least three more times in the next five years. So." After about this five-year period, I think that's when you'll you'll see, hopefully, Carmelo Hayes against Braun Breaker in the main event. Yeah, yeah, maybe I don't know. I, uh, it's going to be interesting. The Roman thing is a challenge in itself because you have to like he has to make a top baby face. It's kind of the idea of the top heel, and I'm sure that he's aware of that. And I think there's some people that know that, but like whether they actually get around to doing it, got no clue. If the top baby face is Brock Lesnar, then. Good luck. That's what I'll say. Because that's where the story's going. And like, to me, listen, I, I think Brock Lesnar is one of the greatest pro wrestlers. I genuinely mean it. I think he's one of the most exciting, unique pro wrestlers ever. Greatest was too strong, but exciting and unique, I'll go with. Okay. He has become such a crutch for that product. And if he is the baby face that the friends Roman Reigns, I don't know, man. Like, that's. To me, that is just so indicative of all of, the, of, of all of the issues. But that's just my that's just my take. Speaking of crutches for the product, Robert O'Neill is here. Hello, so Robert O'Neill. You bringing this son of a bitch in here after that Atlanta <laughs> bullshit comment to me the other night? You guys got beef me? after. I'm about to walk out. I'm about to walk out. <laughs> hey man, they're nah, probably fine, right? Like they God, got. I'm not. Here. I'm so nervous, bro. No good lie. team has ever blown a three-one lead. That'd be sure. fine. Uh, Why did Bob's music not get played? I just brought him on. He's not doing the corner three yet, so he's sure. here. Okay. Can we just play it? History title. There. You feel hey better? Bob. <laughs> How you doing, Bob? I'm good, Joseph. How are you? You sleep any after our? Oh, you left early last night, right, coward? Yeah, stayed there for another three hours and talk shop about the business. I figured, yeah, but you he know. doesn't love it like you do. I don't Facts. He's a <laughs> he's a bootlicker. Okay, Bob, what are you, what are you talking about today? <laughs> um, I don't know. Jeremy told me I was talking about Crown Jewel, so I yeah, you can talk about whatever you want, O'Neill. <laughs> I didn't watch Road to the Top this week. Uh, we talked about the. Did you uh, see that that did a better demo rating than NXT 2.0? I did. That's very funny. <laughs> see, that's where ratings talk is objectively funny, right? Like, if you can't, if that upsets you and it doesn't seem funny to you, probably time to look in the mirror a little bit because that is fucking hilarious. <laughs> well, the new NXT writer post, they're looking for a writer who can, you know, help appeal to the young demographic. Bob, Joseph. Bob have you applied? No, I should. Knowledge is not should I apply? <laughs> no, yeah, you go. Cassie's right. Rest of the knowledge isn't needed, Bob. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> You're good. I'm going to apply. I think I'm going to apply. Just see what happens. I don't have any of the experience they're looking for, but that's probably going to hold me I, back. So are they really looking for, they're not looking for knowledge. Why are they really looking for experience? Uh, they're looking for people who have like worked in television and written sitcoms and all that stuff. Oh, I mean, I've booked the greatest angle of all time, but I had a lot of help and good performers, and I'm trying to book another great angle, but some of my talent <laughs> let me down today. <laughs> Look, man, you you, you got to prep me better. You you really you pull me in. Like, here's what I want you to do. As I'm like, hold on, what am and I this doing? I do for everybody. This I do for everybody. Cass, you got to learn to adapt. Like, this is how it works. You gotta know. You gotta know what you're working with too you got to know that i'm like i need i'm not the sponge that i used to be bro the thing is like you nailed the first part and then you I, completely i, I bit had it till i did it i had it till i didn't have it yeah, yeah. i totally totally blanked man 
My God, I know that's Bobble Cats. That dog just came <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know Mine are all mine are laying in the floor over here. It's always Bob, man. Yeah. Look at Bob. O'Neill, you ready? Yeah, I don't have anything to talk about, and I guess well, Crown Jewel, WWE yeah, Crown, Crown Jewel. The Bulls won last night. Yes, in three minutes, O'Neill. Like you can't riff for three minutes. No, You're supposed fine. to be a professional at this. Start Here we fun. go. Yeah, so uh, we'll start with the Chicago Bulls. The currently tied for the best record in the NBA. Um, you know, I was wrong about them not playing any defense. I might have just been they played Detroit and didn't have Cade Cunningham, but uh, they looked pretty good defensively last night. Couldn't hit shots for the first half, but, uh, you know, Zach Levine's got to realize when he needs to take over, man. They had a point in the game where, uh, like, Vujovic and uh, DeMar DeRozan were combined 10 for 30, and Zach Levine had, like, eight shots, and that can't happen. Um, but yeah, no, win's a win, you know, move on. Um, yeah, so Crown Jewel, I mean... Listen, I, I thought, you know, just as a pure wrestling show, which I know that's not the best way to look at it, it was a good show. Um, you know, I like the Edge and Seth match a lot. I think, uh, I think you know, maybe if they didn't do eight Hell in a Cell matches in the past year, it would have meant more, but I think they did what they could with the Cell, and uh, I don't always like bringing extra weapons into it, but they uh, did well with that, too. Um, Mansoor and Ali had a really good match. Uh, didn't like... Um, didn't like the tag title match a lot. Didn't really ever get going. Um, trying to remember what else is on this show. The King of the Ring was cool, how it ended. Um, glad Woods won. He really meant a lot to him. You know, you love to see that. Um, the uh, Queen's Crown kind of, you know, is what it is. Um, you know, the, the women's triple threat was weird because I really liked it at first. And then I felt like it kind of slowed down a little too much. And then it kind of picked back up at the end. But they're also in a situation where they're probably just going to do a stupid title swap again, which like, I don't know who's that. Who could have saw that coming? Huh? Yeah, I know. I know. But like, you know, the thing is though, and like, at least with the new day and street profits, it made a little bit of sense, but for Becky and Charlotte to just do it, it just, it's bad, man. Um, and then yeah, Brock and Roman, I think it was their best match since WrestleMania 31. I mean, it's a kind of a low bar, but, uh, you know, I was really excited for it going in, uh, probably two of my favorite wrestlers, at the moment and uh i think they delivered you know i i'm fine with them running it back at the rumble because i'm going to be there um and then you know joseph just kind of getting into what you were talking about before i came on like brock doesn't need to be champion right now that's what i'm worried about that they're going to make him the guy that beats roman and that's just not something that helps anyone um yeah i don't know no and i mean like it's it's alarming because you know the the thoughts always there i thought he was gonna win today i wouldn't say alarming maybe but you know of all the oh. things that are alarming about this program it's not you know it's not going no, that no. direction um i forgot about lashley and goldberg which was also very good uh and that's how you should use goldberg i think if you're who won use... that match bob uh that was won by bill goldberg clean i mean he speared him off the ramp through a table yeah so it was fine i mean like those shows kind of are what they are from a wrestling standpoint, but I think this one, you know, from an in-ring standpoint, was the best one they've done so far, and uh, it was cool having something to watch on a Thursday afternoon. Fair. That has been Robert O'Neill's corner. How's he not going to... <laughs> he missed he missed some big things out of that, out of that Crown Jewel rundown, though. He didn't even talk about the New Day's uh, Fuji's-inspired the score album gear like come on yeah or i didn't expect him to talk about that actually or the <laughs> i mean come on yeah i don't know i um my favorite bit of that was when bob said it's about woods and he went you love to see that <laughs> you love to see that 
You do. It was good to see Xavier get that. Oh, he's he's wonderful, and I'm gl- honestly I'm glad they did because it would have been awful for Finn to take the heat from beating. <laughs> yeah. like, like that would have been terrible. I'm glad he won. And yeah. that was definitely something <laughs> everyone was worried about yeah. that they were going to try to do something like that. Hey, look, they gave us something like we wanted, and everyone rejoiced. Uh, funny yeah. how that kind can't of be pleased those wrestling fans. Let me tell you, they wow. just cannot be pleased. Now, look, I you know like this is. I don't know if this is the show I have this conversation, but fuck it. Let's just have it. I get, like, I have I have no issue with people watching these shows. I've watched them before. I've covered them before. I get it. And, like, especially a show like this, I completely get that the card was, like, strong. And it seems like the talent really rocked it. And, like, they're doing their job. It's great. So I don't, you know, I didn't talk about it tonight because of, like, I was trying to take a moral high ground. I just didn't really want to watch the show. So <laughs> I just want to be clear about it because – we did not make Bob talk about it like to be an ass to him. Like he said, we spoke about it before. He said he was going to watch it. So he was like, you can talk about Crown Jewel. I, I said after the last paper, I was putting in to try and keep these a miss in future because so I don't have to come on here and whine every week, which I've done this week anyway, which is not ideal. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't know, Bob. You can speak to him, but like it's well, no, and I get that. And again, I have no problem with people, you know, not watching it. I personally like this is the first one that I've worked from home for, so it's just nice having something out in the background. Yeah. Like I haven't gone back and watched like start to finish the ones that I was working for. So that was part of it too, just like, you know, have something on instead of, you know, what I'd usually have on, which is you know, whatever other wrestling, but yeah, I get it. It's, you know, it's, it's some of the best wrestlers in the world at like this sort of weird start time, you know, it's, it's accessible. I get all, I understand it. So I just wanted to say that because I didn't want it to seem like we just kind of threw this grenade at Bob and was like, you talk about it, you bootlicker. That wasn't the case. So we, <laughs> you know, I didn't, I just didn't watch it. That's all. Yeah. You missed out on an Olympic uh, karate player, according to Sorry to hear that. Yeah, that I actually cool. am sorry to hear that. Well, who did he, did he kick the shit out of Bob Lashley? <laughs> no, he kicked, a karate a, he kicked Ali. What's a karate player? He kicked player? Ali. That uh, is the correct term, I believe. Yeah, it's like a term? Like, yeah. Is it yeah. They, they use that in, in a lot of, like, uh, in Japan, they just call everybody, like, player. Like, the wrestler mm-hmm. player. Like, that's how they refer to everybody. So, it's, right. it's definitely a correct term. Um yeah, he kicked, he kicked Ali after Mansoor beat Ali. Hey, guys, by the way, uh, if you send Super Chats, it all gets donated to charity. I, I know we didn't actually talk about, like, Crown Jewel outside of Camels. and I just didn't watch stuff. it. Yeah, uh, but because of the Crown Jewel stuff, um, all the Super Chats are going to, to charity um, with this. So, there you go. Why, I have to ask, like, why, why is Bill Goldberg beating Bobby Lashley? Because he... Uh... Because it's Saudi Arabia and they like the old yeah. Or the old Bob guys. Lashley. Okay, look, I'm gonna be honest here. Yeah. I mean, they could go any... to Zuna again. They tried that one year, so I mean, might as well put gold. I don't like actually care, and I'm glad Bob got his run. But if it was like he didn't get pinned for a year, and I see him get pinned in a six man tag at the last pay per view, and I was like, it's pinned hmm. every week now. Yeah, they did this with with AJ. I mean, AJ didn't have like a, a run on top, but like. They didn't beat him for the longest time, and now they just. He, and then he lost a couple singles match. Like ever since he's gone, with right. almost, and then he gets. I remember that, yeah, and that stuff. But, but like, like at least with for that, the longest time, at least with AJ, he can he can like look, he can keep himself over, right? Like sure. you need to you need to give guys like Bob some protection, man. They can't just. I don't know. I personally wouldn't have Bill Goldberg beat anyone. I just wouldn't have Bill Goldberg, rough. but you know. Rough. Yeah, I'm so, he got he got Lashley up there for the jackhammer. Bless him. Or Neil, what do you think man. of uh, what do you think of Bill Goldberg's performance? That's your second favorite wrestler. 
It's probably his best match of the year, right? So he's got that going for him. What other matches did he have this year? <laughs> and the Drew saved. match and the other Lashley match. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's why I thought well, he said two other. You know what, honestly, like, I actually, I think there is a place for Goldberg. The spectacle of his entrance is funny. Like, I'm for it. He ain't shouldn't be beating Bobby Lashley. Get the fuck out of here. That's crazy talk. Like, no, I don't care how old Bob is. Bob's the man. Like, he was the world champion a couple months back. It's bullshit. Yeah, we've talked about it. Like, he could have beat someone like Corbin or someone instead, and no one God would care. God forbid someone beats Corbin. <laughs> Top hill the last three years. Like that, was, like, that was the good use of Goldberg. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah he shouldn't Because be it was comedic. Right. They used him like he was like a um, like a horror movie character. He kept appearing over and over again. Remember, it was good. It was good stuff. Like, it was... Yeah. It was seeing an, an annoying character just get the shit kicked out of him by basically this sort of unstoppable force. The only reason you have a guy beat Bobby Lashley is because you're getting him ready to, to win the world title. And they're not doing that with Goldberg, I think. He may, to be fair, they may actually be getting him ready to wrestle Big E, to be fair. I so, do think, like, Rumble, yeah. they might do the Big E Goldberg match. I don't, I look, if he beats Big E, Jesus. But, I, you know, it's a match that. It's a it's a dream match for for Biggie. He wants it. He wants you know that the big yeah. meaty men slap the meat promo. Everyone loves that. You can do it at the Rumble. It's not gonna take away from much, and it'll be fine. Well, you're not in on this, Joseph. And Bob O'Neill will be at the Rumble, so you get to see. Yeah, exactly. They did this. You, they bro. did the last Rumble. They did the Goldberg title match. Oh, so this is what they do. You want? We just talked about. They don't have new ideas. They don't have new well, ideas. Obviously, yeah, you haven't paid attention to. They have a format. Yeah. At least this one makes again some sort of kind of sense that, that Biggie wants it. And everything. Just do it on YouTube, man. Sure. Just do it on YouTube. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, look, Biggie and Goldberg, yeah, it'll be fun to watch. But the stuff like the Royal Rumble spot for a title contender can really like elevate a guy. And if you just keep giving it to Goldberg and other guys like that, you're not really doing much. But again, whatever, that's their progress. I don't care. Um, TNA Bound for Glory is on Sunday. Bob only was buying it, aren't you, Bob? Yes, absolutely. Fight hey, match. Hey, hey. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's a bad question. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to. What's get the, the main event of Bound for Glory? Uh, Josh Alexander against Christian Cage for the Impact title. There you go. Okay. All right, Good stuff. What's the X Division title match? Oh, oh that's impossible. I don't know that. Yeah, it's a handful of guys, and they have a battle royal. I saw uh, Mickey and Deanna. I looked at the card a couple days ago. It doesn't look bad. I just there you go, Mickey and Deanna. Who are the Good Brothers wrestling? They're not on the card. I don't yeah, think. I don't think they're, they're the tag know, team champions. Yeah, I don't know if they've been booked. Hey, yet. Bob, what do you call the Good Brothers? <laughs> I call them the Bad Brothers. You fucking bootlicker. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Anything else? We're uh, about for glory. Steven Jensen and I will be doing the post show at 1 a.m. in the morning. You know, come hang out with us. Jeremy, it is interesting. Like, I love Christian Cage. Absolute legend. Great professional wrestler. Better than vibes, vibes very different with him as champ as it was with Kenny, though. Oh, yeah. And people can dismiss Kenny Omega. God, I've done it before. But, like... I, I'm going to be honest. I was very defensive. I, I defended their partnership a lot. I think Impact probably should have had one of their guys beat Kenny Omega. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be the same when Josh beats Christian. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's, I, I think the biggest key is they like, add a guy or two this weekend that can actually be a player. Braun Fury. And, 
Yeah, and I like I'm you know I bless No Way Jose and the Drama King, both good talents, but like need a guy that can be in the can be in the the, the title picture and such. And I'm not going to comment on who that could be because people get very upset when I mention his name. Um, so I'll just say it could be someone that was in WWE this year. That's all I'll say. It's Braun. It's Braun Strowman. It's not what I was thinking of, but yeah. I know. Yeah, we did. You know, oh we did a lot. Of, we, my holy dog. shit! My blind dog was. <laughs> we did a, on making. We did a lot of Bud Matt bits around here, you know. And yeah. I don't want to go back. He'd be great. That, I don't. I don't know. I mean, he's going to be in New Japan strong. That that obviously isn't going to mean he can't work for for Impact or anything or be an Impact guy. But. I think he's going to be there, Jeremy. All right, you've been saying this for about three months now. So if you buy, if you buy Bound for Glory for Buddy Matthews and he does not show up, Bob O'Neill will refund you. <laughs> there we go. There you go. Uh, uh, anybody watching GCW this weekend? Uh, I will watch some of Bloodsport and I will watch Gage and Suzuki because yeah, will... War Ready is going to be good. They got Briscoe's and um, Second Gear Crew. Man, that's going to be that's going to be wild. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be great. That was uh, that was cool to be in Atlantic City when they showed up. I was not expecting that. What was I, my feud with them is over officially. I, I, I don't know if I've announced that yet. But they're just they're giving us the nice. scoop. Thanks, they were guys. too nice. They were There's too the nice. They were too nice to me when I saw them in Atlantic City. I was like, how can I? How can I be mad at these, these guys? They went out of their way to to give me a hug and thank me for being there. Yeah, I can't be mad. And it was hilarious because I got to watch this guy that was working for, I guess, the show, but he had his little, like, uh, garbage cart. Like, you know, the garbage in the back of the, like, uh, gator, you know, vehicle thing. And there was a truck in the way. And I was walking by to go to the back to get in the back to hang out with all the guys. And he was like, oh, is that your truck? He was so excited thinking I was going to be getting in the truck and leaving. And I was like, no, bro, that's not my truck. And he was so mad. He was like, oh, God. He's like, oh, mad. He, was, he sat there for like two hours and couldn't get around this truck. Fast forward about 12 hours later, and the president in the building were still not back, and they come and say goodbye. He was hop in that truck and then drive away. So that guy was mad at Frisco's <laughs> truck. Good day. luck. I was, I was like, that's fantastic. I was like, yeah, I get it. See, he's going to have – I'm with you, man. I, I, I have had that kind of feud, but I buried it. We're good. We're good now. They they were nice to me. So. There's yeah, there's yeah. a lot of talk in the uh, in the chat about Shabbat. I haven't yeah. I only saw like a clip of it, so I didn't want. To, but I mean, I fell asleep. I meant to try to watch that. I like, just uh, to like ten minutes before the show started at like four thirty in the morning and fell asleep at like I think it was like four fifteen was the last thing I saw on my clock, so I didn't even get a chance to see it yet either. I never do the wrestling doctor thing. I just I just hope he's good. You know. Yeah, he did a surprise exhibition match right. against um. Zack Sabre Jr. I was watching it this morning. Uh, I, I, I will comment on a couple of New Japan stuff because I, I watched the finals uh, of the A Block, B Block, and then tonight the G1 actual finals. Um, I thought Ibushi and Okada was kind of a, a safe choice for when they could have done something maybe a little bit more daring without the crowds and whatnot. But like, I'm not going to complain about Ibushi and Okada. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Bushi looked like he, according to Kevin Kelly, kind of dislocated his, his shoulder. Uh, so that's not good. Uh, he missed a Phoenix splash and they had to stop the match. Tough. I hope Abushi is okay. I imagine he will be out months. They took the Maybe. ropes down, right? So they What's could get that? him out. They took the ropes down so they could get him out, right? Yeah, they, they had to yeah, they had to get him out of there. I don't know if they took the ropes down. I, I think I, I saw that. I think I saw that this morning. Um, 
But yeah, that was tough. But the Shibata thing was a big surprise that that happened. And he did an exhibition match with, with Zack Sabre and he looked good. He obviously didn't take a bump or anything. There's just a lot, of, a lot of grappling stuff and submission holds. And then he said the next time it'll be a real match. Could he do a tag team match? Potentially. I don't know. Uh, he was we'll uh, find out. When he was at his peak, he was incredible. He's one of the most yes. just striking pro. Like just, he was exciting, but there was a real drama to his stuff. And um, I just hope physically he's good and like whatever he does or doesn't do, that it's like it's not just you know. I hope it goes through more people than just him. Is what I'm saying basically. Like, and again, you guys know me. I'm not. I'm not the dude to come on here and be like safety police about wrestling. They're, they're adults, whatever. But uh, it's you know that was pretty. That was pretty. Um, it stuck with me that whole deal. That Okada match, like that headbutt sound was sickening, man. You know, and, and then the story and everything to follow was, was brutal. So, yeah, I don't know. I hope he's good. And if he does wrestle, I'll probably watch it and just sit there nervously the whole time, which is not usually my thing, but that's the, that feels different to me. I don't know. Guys, we're going to wrap up here. We No post-show. It is late. I feel like Joseph wants to sleep. Um, I, would I won't even sleep. sleep. I'll just like, I'll try and then give up like coward. Yeah, you'll you'll be on latenightgrin.com and just Oh, I hope not. <laughs> um no no post show, but you can go over to youtube.com slash fightful distraction. There's some new content, some gaming uploads uh from Twitch. SP3 and Phil Lindsay and I did a NBA podcast that Joseph missed and got suspended from the YouTube channel uh for at least a week. So you won't see me, you won't see Joseph on the YouTube channel through the weekend. Um, Very Ben Simmons of him. Yeah. yeah, that's what happens, man. He said complaining about a back injury now. Tough. Just tough. Incredible. Back injury. <laughs> go bless. <laughs> uh, so you can go over there. You can go to twitch.tv slash Fightful Gaming. I believe Joel Pearl and Steven Jensen are going to be playing Mario Kart here in about 10 minutes. So you can go over there, check them out, watch that. O'Neill, where can the people find you? Uh, you follow me on Twitter at RobertO'Neill31. All right. Good, good talk, O'Neill. Cass. <laughs> Yeah, man. Where can you find me? I don't know, man. I'm all over the place, bro. What about it? You can you can watch me get chopped. That's what I want people to do. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Find let's search Body Slam Net Pro Wrestling on YouTube. Look for us. You can find me getting chopped. I got like six more episodes in the can to put out. I think everybody will like them. There I you think go. it'll be fun. Uh, you know, we got some other good stuff. I don't know if you've seen my newest correspondent, uh, Lucy. I have seen Lucy. it. You sent it to me as an exclusive. Bro, she's amazing. She's going to take tremendous. all her jobs. She's going to take it's all tremendous. So watch that, too. She puts out some good stuff. The next one she's going to be showing is her favorite wrestler's finishing moves. She climbs a ladder and jumps off into piles of leaves. My God. I, it's insane. It's insane. But, you yeah, you can follow me on – you can find me on – I'll send it to you for sure. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I'll probably put that one up Friday. Is that tomorrow? Yeah, so probably yeah, – It'll tomorrow. be tomorrow. <laughs> uh, dude, imagine that, me not knowing something, what day it is or where I am. <laughs> <laughs> Shocked. Shocked. Joseph? Joseph? Um, what do I do? Okay, so tomorrow, latenightgrin.com. Uh, we're going to be doing. Jeremy, you're there for that one, right? We're going to we're going to be if tomorrow is the booking episode. I will be there. Yes. Yep. Yeah, we're going to we're going to be picking some some announcers, some managers, and then doing the. We're going to be booking broadly a territory that involves about two hundred wrestlers at this point because we never stopped drafting. We just kept going. Um, so that's tomorrow. That'll be after Rampage on latenightgrin.com. You can go. Is Bob still here? No. 
You can go to latenightgrinshop.com and get your um, boot lever enthusiast shirt in tribute to Robert O'Neill or your get what you get what you get, I suppose, or your sorry to hear that shirt. Um, all of the above, really, you can do that stuff. And other than that, yeah, I think next Monday we'll be on the Fightful. Well, I don't know if I'm allowed because I'm suspended, but my intention is to be on the Fightful Distraction channel. We'll do the same thing we did this week, right? We do the AEW weekend review. We'll do that on Monday. So yeah. there's a lot of good stuff coming up, folks. Uh, we appreciate you sticking with us, even on nights like tonight where we, we get on late because WWF apparently run a wrestling event. Yeah, unfortunately. Guys, thank you guys uh, for joining us. We will be back next week when we'll have some sense of normalcy to this show because AEW will be back on Wednesdays and we won't have to talk about the WWE and their failures as much. We appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you guys later on. I'm sick of this. Over being ignored. I gave him a chance to make it right. Truly. I'm calling it We have to talk about Jeremy. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.